The world's most advanced color correction tool for Mac just got more powerful. DaVinci Resolve from Blackmagic Design. With XML import, export, multi-layered timelines, curve grading, noise reduction, stabilization, 3D alignment, OpenCL, and more. DaVinci Resolve is available from $995. Current users can download the updates for free. And try DaVinci Resolve Lite, a reduced featured version that's still packed with power. Visit www.blackmagicdesign.com. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell, and if you've been following along week by week, you're probably wondering where we were with last week, because we didn't have an episode. And we had actually hoped to put up the next episode of Ideas, but we had some computer issues, so we weren't able to post the next episode. And we're still working out some of those issues, so what I decided to do this week is post an excerpt from the Edit Fest of 2013, where Michael McCusker discusses Australia and actually building a scene from pretty much nothing. He basically had a, a bunch of stuff from Baz Luhrmann, and then they actually ended up going and getting old footage from Patton and Tora 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 and a few other areas, and they assembled a whole new scene out of nothing. So take a listen to Michael and what he has to say, and afterwards we'll update you on ideas and what to expect next. So here's Michael McCusker discussing Australia. You've all definitely done some uh, amazing work, and I think we're going to start off with Michael, and if you want to go ahead and talk about what movie you're going to yes, show a piece I'm, uh, from. I'm showing a clip from, it's the bombing of Darwin sequence from uh, from Australia. I don't know how many people saw that movie, but um, uh, that sequence was something that was sort of created over, it was created in the hotbed of the cutting room. It was the original intention of the movie, or the original uh, idea of the narrative of that part of the movie was that uh, this town in, in Darwin was bombed, but it happened off screen. And um, as we were sort of embroiled in cutting that movie, um, Baz Luhrmann, the director, came up with, realized that he needed to show what had actually happened on Australia's, Australian soil. It's a, it's a story that had not really ever been told and that had, was kind of outside of Australia was being lost to the sands of time. So he really wanted to portray that. And um, when you see, when you watch the sequence, you're gonna, I'll talk about it some more after you watch it, but you're going to see some, you're going to see a, a particular uh, shot of an old Aboriginal man who is walking around the streets of, uh, of Darwin as it's being bombed. Um, and that was the kind of point of origin for Baz. He, he saw that shot, and it was not shot for any particular scene. It was just a kind of a moment where this actor got up and started walking the streets and um, and the cameraman followed him. <laughs> and we had it in dailies for a long time, and we never knew what to do with it. And he kept looking at it and looking at it and looking at it. And then he devised this idea that this bomb, that, that what he was actually going to comp composite in there was, you know, the destruction of this town. And from that point on, it sort of blossomed out and became a sort of full-fledged sequence, which involved a lot of different footage, a lot of found stuff, and was created, it's, it's a thing that was created in the cutting room. So, so the thing that, as I was saying before, to introduce the clip, it is a, it, it is a thing that was created straight out of the cutting room. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, one of Baz's talents, many talents, is that he's, he's an incredible sort of mashup artist. He, he, he takes things from, 
from many different sources and create something completely different out of it. I mean, if you've seen anything else other than Australia, you know that from Moulin Rouge with the music or um, even from the latest in Gatsby. He's, you know, taking hip hop and fusing it to, a, a, you know, a ragtime and, and the jazz era. So, um, so it makes working for him really interesting. I mean, you have to really kind of open up your mind to all possibilities. And, um, and uh, what, what, uh, you know, a, a aided and abetted to making the sequence work was, since it was a Fox movie, Fox at that point in time had just recently archived uh, a bunch of their dailies from old movies. And amongst them was Patton and Tor Tor Tor. <laughs> and a lot of what you're seeing in there is a lot of the footage is, is uh, Tor 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 footage. A lot of the planes, the actual planes are zeros from Tora Tora Tora. The explosions are Tora Tora Tora. Uh, the planes taking off from the, the uh, uh, aircraft carrier at the beginning is Tora Tora Tora. And when the two guys, when Hugh looks out and sees the, the, um, uh, the Jeeps and whatnot on, on the horizon, that's Patton. <laughs> so we were pulling from a lot of different sources and, um, and, uh, and, created something where actually there really wasn't anything. And, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting movie. It's, it's, it, it's got its flaws, but the amount of effort that went into it and in this sequence in particular was, was uh, <laughs> pretty amazing. So. Was that surprising to be able to get access to this footage? I mean, it's not... It, yeah, it was surprising that in that it showed up in my cutting room one day unannounced and it was like 15 hours worth of uh, outtakes. So I'm cutting, I was cutting, I've, you know... I was cutting footage that I was two years old when it was shot. So, so you're sitting there looking at slates with Akira Kurosawa's name on them as director, and you're like, this is really odd, really, really, really weird. Um, and, um, you know, one of the things that struck me, and I found myself, I would try, I'd be looking through these hours and hours of, of dailies, because we didn't use the feature. We only used the outs, the dailies outs from the movie that had been archived. And the thing that struck me as I was watching it is not only how beautiful it was, but just actually the technical expertise to shoot what they did had to in 1968-69. Um, I mean, those are actually, you know, real pilots shoot, you know, flying real planes near real explosions. And a lot of that stuff we might be handling with CG today, but we were, you know, I was able to, to, to work with it. So it was, and there's, you know, it's intermingled with CG. And some of it's actually used in, some of the actual footage is used as CG elements, as, as composited elements into other shots. Like when the priest is blown up in his little radio hut up there on the mountain, the planes that he's looking at are Tora, 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 the hero plane. And then we added planes to it and a bomb. So, you know, we were, <laughs> we were, we were doing a lot. We were doing a lot of stuff with it. So. You're using a lot of uh, different footage, whatever you can get yes. to, to make what you need. Yes, yes. I mean, and, you know, the... The, the thing that was the thing that's interesting about the look of the movie and and that even progressed over time is that in it and it goes hand in hand with kind of where the main character is and where the narrative is told. I mean, you op you're open you open up to this movie and you're following Lady Ashley, which is Nicole Kidman's character through the narrative, and then we slowly sort of start to hand off the narrative to the kid, and it starts to become more and more of the the kid's story, and along with it, sort of the visual style becomes even more sort of extreme and a little bit more storybooky as we went along. And, um, you know, Baz was finding that the entire time. He was finding that, that, that idea and that visual style. And it's, uh, it's a very interesting thing to be involved in his process because he doesn't come from, he doesn't come from a, a cinematic background. He comes from the theater. He reaches for, he reaches for, 
literature, he reaches for theater ideas. So a lot of it becomes more expansive before it becomes shorter. So you might spend you might spend literally weeks or months getting something down to a certain cut, and then suddenly he comes in with a new idea and it goes way back out. And uh, we were on the movie probably eight months and had gotten gotten a you know three and a half hour cut down to like two fifty, and then we did. And then we did a week of reshoots, which turned into two and a half weeks of reshoots and 350,000 more feet of film, and it went back to 320. <laughs> and then we had to get it down to where its length is right now, which is 245. So you, know, you have a choice. You're either going to freak out or you're just going like, to go with the flow and like, understand this is, you know, you're there as an instrument. You're there to um, you know, just be, be there for them. Uh, that's the best way to put it. Um, I think if you... If you, any other way, you're just going to kind of lose it. <laughs> and, um, and I actually, you know, once you embrace that, it, it was fine. It was a lot of work. It was some crazy hours. He shot an enormous amount of footage. He shot three and a half million feet of film on that movie. And, you know, we totaled up. We had three units going sometimes. And, and I didn't even start the movie. I mean, Dodie Doran, I came on to help Dodie, who's a friend of mine. And, um, and I had been her assistant years ago. And I came on that movie to help her get to the director's cut and um, I was supposed to be there eight weeks, and I was there 14 months. So I, I went to Australia with enough for, you know, summer clothing <laughs> <laughs> and ended up there for a full year. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was crazy, but it was, it was great. And I'm proud of this sequence because we, we literally found something that we created something out of nothing. So. so that was Michael discussing Australia from the 2013 Fest. And so the next idea is coming. We've recorded the interviews and everything. We've cut it down. It's all ready to go. We're just having some issues with the outputs. And you should be getting it soon. We've also started the next three-part series in the ideas. And that's going to be... It's, well, it's titled currently, How to Start an Association. And we've gone around the world and interviewed a bunch of people about starting an association, about maintaining an association, and expanding an association. Whether you're an editor, a VFX artist, or anything like that, it's how do you get these groups together and working. So that'll be coming, and hopefully we'll get the first episode out before the new year. Uh, and it's going to be a three-part series, and episode one's going to be starting an association episode two is going to be maintaining an association and episode three is going to be expanding the association so make sure to keep your eye out for that i'd like to thank the american cinema editors for allowing me to post this i'd like to thank of course jenny mccormick from the american cinema editors and lauren woodcock my producer i'm gordon burkell thanks for listening <laughs>